everyone. Danielle Margraf here. Welcome to the next episode of Embodied Millions podcast. So very, very excited. Today I have, did you ever meet someone where you literally just click, like clickety click, click, like that is Joyce and I, this is my guest today. My very first guest, her and I, I don't even know. I think we are part of like some sort of soul family because we actually look forward to talking to each other. Let me introduce you. Joyce Martyr is a licensed psychotherapist and author. I'm going to have her really dig into who she is and what she does and what she has to say, because one thing that we really sort of connect on is this idea that the self and personal development and the growth and healing of self, right? Would you say, I don't know how to best say that, is actually what has resulted in ourselves and our clients making more money. So without further ado, Joyce, I'm just going to give you the floor. Oh my gosh, Danielle, I feel the same about you. I'm so (laughs) glad that we met through the dames and I instantly love you. And as soon as I met you, I feel the same way that we're part of the same soul pod. Mm -hmm. We share so much. There's definitely synchronicity because Mm -hmm. we both are healers and therapists and we're both entrepreneurs and business leaders who help other with others with their money mindset and their healing. Mm-hmm. And I absolutely agree that for me personally, and in my work with my therapy clients, it's our inner work that leads to that transformation financially. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I've been a, a therapist for 25 years in the Chicago area And I noticed something interesting as my clients made progress in therapy, they started to earn more money. Mm -hmm. They started to get raises and promotions. And I was like, why in the world is this happening? And how can I do this too? Because, you know, we therapists, we often specialize in our own issues, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, that's an understatement. (laughs) Right. So I have my own business. I started Urban Balance, which is now a national outpatient mental health company. I started it with $500 and 50,000 of student loans. Mm -hmm. I made a thousand mistakes. I ended up in cash flow hell, had insomnia and panic attacks and thought I was going to have to file bankruptcy, had a ton of shame and financial anxiety. And I'm interested in talking with you because, you know, my book, The Financial Mindset Fix, which is a mental fitness program for an abundant life, is largely about mindfulness and cognitive behavioral therapy and practicing self-love and accessing support, creating a vision, a lot of strategies from psychology. I do have in there in the presence chapter stories of my own experience that I think relate to you more, which is when I hit my rock bottom, I ended up turning to mindfulness and meditation and yoga. And previously, I used to drive by my local yoga studio and I was intimidated. I thought I needed to be thinner, in better shape, have cute Mm -hmm. leggings, you know, all the important stuff. (laughs) And It wasn't until I was really at rock bottom and pretty desperate that I went in and got over myself. And I'm so glad because it was transformative. And I think it was the somatic experience. I did a lot of yin yoga and 
a lot of trauma came up, financial mm-hmm. trauma. My dad grew up in the Great Depression. He had a mm-hmm. lot of financial anxiety. And myself as a kid, he was unemployed during much of my adolescence. And I think we all unconsciously recreate what's familiar. And I recreated a very similar situation where my life looked successful on the outside, but on the inside, Mm -hmm. I couldn't pay my rent Mm -hmm. or my, my employees. And I had massive anxiety. So for me, that somatic experience was really transformative. Yeah. I love that. Can you share a little bit about, or let me ask you this. Joyce, what was the turning point? And we actually haven't privately even got into any of this. Like we've been just rapping and like really connecting, (laughs) right? We never have enough time to finish our chats. But so I'm just curious, what was the turning point for you where you went from sort of outward mask of I've got it all together, which was incongruent with this inner landscape and experience of, oh, and I'm getting chills just. I have chills. Out. I'm like, you just articulated that so well. I have chills had to do. <laughs> Thank you. I just felt like this wave of, okay, this is like really right. Needs to be spoken out. Um, people clearly need to hear this, but with that is incongruent with this inner landscape of this shame and I can't pay my rent. What was the turning point of that? I was broken open by my business partner leaving abruptly. And she Mm. was one of my very best friends for 10 years. We talked every day and she sent an email saying, I'm out. I can't handle the stress anymore. I'm done. And we essentially had like a business divorce. It was as if your partner moves out in the middle of the night. It was a complete shock. She actually Mm -hmm. never came back to the office, just emailed our whole staff. Did you guys stay friends? Maybe no. Well, we did not. And this is a longer story and I include it in in my book. Good. We kind of um, parted ways. It was very traumatic. And she circled back a year later and said it occurred to her that she might owe me an apology. And so we amended and continued our relationship until a year after that, I actually discovered that $160,000 of insurance payments were rerouted to her bank account from my business that she had left. Whoa. And she received it and spent it and couldn't pay me back. Whoa. And so that was the end of our friendship. But regarding the turning point for me was my business partner left. And that was such a trauma for me because I, I would have filed bankruptcy a hundred times over to keep that friendship. Like I loved her like a soul sister. And so that was really, really traumatic. And I lost a lot of my employees who took their therapy clients and I thought for sure that I was destined for ruin and Mm -hmm. that experience broke me open and taught me a huge lesson about humility. Mm. So instead of telling my team and my staff, Hey, I've got this, we're going to work this out. At the time I had about 35 employees. Mm. I said, I am so sorry. I screwed up and I need help. And help came out of the woodwork. I had all these brilliant therapists and I wasn't tapping into 
the resource of all of their innovative ideas and mm-hmm. love and support. Uh, and I realized that I had a really unhealthy pattern of codependency where mm-hmm. I over-functioned, was a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. And so I started telling my friends and family that I was struggling financially and even my neighbors. And I had a neighbor say, Joyce, you need a business valuation. And I said, mm-hmm. what the heck is that? I don't even know. I'm a therapist. And he hooked me up with his CPA and his CPA ran my QuickBooks and said, mm-hmm. Joyce, you truly have a profitable business. You are just in cash flow hell because mm-hmm. the bigger you've gotten, the more money is outstanding in insurance companies and you're mm-hmm. waiting to get paid. Mm-hmm. And that delay, I basically didn't have the cash. And he said, I can help you get the proper lending. He helped me scale my business. I wow. am so grateful for him. Mm-hmm. And that transformation for me led into a whole lot more of inner work for me and healing. Mm-hmm. This is kind of strange, but I think it also set the tone for me to be able to leave a marriage that wasn't healthy for me mm-hmm. because I realized that I think I kept unhealthy people around, or I should mm-hmm. say unhealthy relationships mm-hmm. around out of fear of, I didn't want to be alone. And when I realized actually, when I was on my own, I tapped into so much love and support mm-hmm. from others that mm-hmm. I could free myself from these unhealthy relationships and change. Yeah. So the kicker is that I sold my business for a seven <laughs> figure multiple seven years later. Wow. And it was an eight Woo! figure exit. Wow. And you were sitting on that. Isn't that, it's mind blowing to me. It's mind blowing. Wow. That's incredible. Congratulations. Well, I have a lot of people. Two things, a a couple of things uh, were occurring to me as you were talking. And one of them is, you know, Napoleon Hill's work. Yes. Okay. So I've been called by clients. I've been called like the female Napoleon Hill. And, but one of his quotes that for the longest time, Listen, when you're broke and you're feeling hopeless and you're just trying to figure out how to feed your kids or that was my story. Right. But there's there's a lot of you don't sometimes you can't see the meaning of these things that are supposed to sort of make you rich. Right. Think and grow rich. But one of the things that you that his quote that resonated and it, it, it came up again for me was this idea that opportunity comes disguised as temporary misfortune and defeat. And it fails so right and true here that literally, like you said, you're, you know, describing it as being broken open in this place of sort of like, I, I call it almost like this dark night of the soul moment, right? These moments where we, there is nowhere to go, but sort of, I would say up, because I always think, you know, I grew up sort of in this way where heaven was up there. But I always think like go up, which is just like, you know, raising our consciousness and our ability to sort of surrender, to ask for help. And all of a sudden, the things that were blocking our vision all this time, because we had sort of committed to a direction or a way that we thought it should look, is completely shattered and the vision changes and it clears this path of like all of a sudden, these people just, like you said, we're coming out of the woodwork to support and help you, which is 
just so, so powerful. Like I, I hear the story, but I know what all is underneath the embodiment of that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, it's not just, I asked for help. I got, you know, I was at on my knees and I asked for help. And if you, and if you're listening and you, and you relate to this, because most of you know, my clients and me, I I always call myself a recovering codependent, you know, uh, this idea of when you're codependent, you are actually in a state of this hypervigilance because you have been taught to, um, over-function and that over-functioning leads you to a state of your nervous system always being in this sort of, do you ever hear like babies, they're, um, high guard, mid guard, low guard, when they're learning to walk, right? When they first learn to walk, their arms are sort of up high by their shoulders and they're in this high guard position. Really, when you're a codependent um, and raised that way, you're always in high guard. There is no mid or low guard, right? (laughs) Totally. And so I can only imagine, it almost feels like the way I feel it and the way I see it, it's like, it was the death of this old version of you and through this and just like birth, right. This painful sort of, you know, journey, um, you were, you know, reborn. And I just think that is just so potent and so powerful. And, and by following sort of that very vulnerable, very powerful path, you came out fucking rich as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) You're, you're so cute. And I love you so much. And I, I think your, your wisdom around that is so powerful. And what I want to share with people is that it's not like you don't achieve it and then everything's great. Yes. Say more about that. Say more about that. So I believe that we all unconsciously recreate the familiar until we become aware and we choose something better. Mm-hmm. And so that was a major transformation for me, but progress in life isn't linear and we go through loops and setbacks. And so I also identify as a, a recovering codependent and mm-hmm. I st- you know, I think we all as therapists specialize in our own issues. So I still have scarcity mindset. You know how you hear about whether it's athletes or famous people get a lot of money and then they file bankruptcy, like they make it go away mm-hmm. because they still don't feel deserving. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting to me because the book that I've written is really a practice to stay on this path of self-love and accessing support and being present. Mm. And now I go back to my own work for my own advice to stay on track because I can easily recreate the problems of the past. Of course. I love that. I love that. And very similarly, but in the body, right? Like I talk about rewiring, reorganizing these um, neural pathways, these patterns that hide in our bodies, you know, that our bodies sort of collect and they become sort of just our reactions, just automated, just the way we do the world, just the way we move. And the truth is I a hundred percent believe that it is not about getting there, right? So many high achieving visionary leaders, um, you know, powerful women, like educated women, like you and I, and so many millions of other women 
are, you know, we, we are, we are in this space of, to bring it back to the beginning, this idea that we need to look like we have it all together in order to be credible, taken seriously. And rarely are we talking vulnerably like this about one of the most shame-inducing topics ever to be on the planet, which is money, right? So first of all, your courage to even come out and share that. Two, I can completely relate to, I redo my own work, right? Like I, in my own work, I am always going back to my own work. I'm always studying. I'm always doing my work. And thirdly, it is not a destination. It's falling in love with the process, not hurrying up to get there. So many powerful women are trying to, they are chasing a moving money target. They will rest when they get there, which is such a trap. And it's such a lie because you never get there. And before you know it, you have a path of sort of this pain that you're, you know, you thought was going to make you prosperous. But the truth is it's sort of littered with wasted time or regret or feelings of, you know, what did I, why did I wait so long, you know, or what am I doing? And then, you know, they wake up maybe to that. And that's hopefully what we're here to do is to support that sort of this revolution, I think of, you know, we're on this road to riches in a way that feels embodied and prosperous and authentic and true. And to really eradicate the shame that comes with talking about like, you know, money and, and all what I call emotional debt. I believe we all carry emotional debt. Good, right? It's brilliant. (laughs) Well, and I feel like when we carry emotional debt, which is the issues in our tissue, so to speak, right? We tend to, right? We act and be and attract and repel based on the debt that we carry. So, um, which is emotional, right? It's always emotional. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. I had a couple of thoughts as you were sharing your brilliant wisdom. I, I love everything that you're saying so much. Um, I think, you know, one of the things you were talking about the moving target of money, when we define our worth by how we look or by our bank account or our income or our retirement plan or our business title, that's all ego. And Mm -hmm. that is not our real worth. Our real worth is on a soul level. It's Mm. and we're all innately worthy and deserving. And when we really take off that mask and share authentically and vulnerably, then we shine our light and doing so lifts others up. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people, especially women, sometimes push money away because of guilt or shame and this idea that having money is selfish or bad or, mm-hmm. or greedy. But I really believe when we have more, we can help more. And my CPA, when he ran that QuickBooks file, he said, Joyce, you are not running a charity to employ therapists. Mm. You need to, you deserve to make a profit. And my own therapist said, well, Joyce, what does money mean to you? When I ask you, you know, what do you think of when I say money? And I said, oh, I think of stress. And she said, well, no wonder you make it go away. 
Mm. And so we had to kind of re like, you're talking about the neural pathways, reprogram that kind of mind, body, spirit, that money is a resource, like Mm -hmm. love and breath and it flows and it flows Mm -hmm. in and out of us. And Mm -hmm. when we get in that flow state, we can receive. And Mm -hmm. I learned I'm horrible at receiving. Yeah. And well, no, sorry, go ahead. Oh gosh. I'm, I'm rambling, but I no, no, but I, you know what, because I just want to say that most women have a receiving wound, right? We are sort of in this good girl mentality, do good, be good, make an impact, right? Like heart, heart to heart, you know, heart, uh, heart centered, everything. Like, I feel like that could just be understood, And we get to still show up and take up space and claim what we desire without feeling like we have to give over give or give so much to be able to get so little. Yes. I became exhausted and depleted and burnt out Mm -hmm. until I learned how to receive and I uh, got remarried. How did you, can you share a little bit how you learned how to receive? Well, Through my yoga practice Mm. and meditation, I did a lot of work on heart opening poses Mm. and opening myself up to receiving and a lot of meditations. Mm -hmm. I loved um, Louise Hay has an audio book called Receiving Prosperity. And I listened Mm. over again. And I also, in my relationship with my husband, who I married five years ago, He's very nurturing and loving and giving. And that was really scary and uncomfortable for me at first. Mm. And I had to learn how to receive. That has taken some conscious effort. Yeah. I love that you shared that because I will tell you, you are speaking for so many women, some who who get it and like are like, and some who don't get it, right? Who maybe are just awakening to this idea. And so, yeah, I just think it's brilliant. Everything that you're saying. And I love Louise Hay. P.S. I love Louise Hay. Yes. I, I, yeah, I'm a huge Louise Hay fan. I, I found her in my early twenties and yeah, she, she changed the world. Right. Absolutely. And Wayne Dyer too, who Wayne Dyer. worked closely together and yeah. Wayne yeah. Dyer was my sister's driver's ed teacher. Get out of here. I I told, I told her that I loved his work so much. And she said, you know, I think he, he was my driver's ed teacher. And I was like, Paula, no, he's like, he was a world renowned, you know, speaker and author. And she's 14 years older than me. I Googled him to prove her wrong. And it was his first job out of graduate school. school. (laughs) Was a counselor and apparently taught driver's ed as the side hustle. I love that. I love that. That is so hilarious. Oh my God. What a small world, right? It's such a small world. Uh, Okay. Well, I know that, um, well, first, I mean, I know we got to wrap up, but I, want to one, I want you to tell everybody where they can get your book Two, any last thoughts around, you know, any advice, any, anything thought provoking, anything that you want to leave us with anything that you feel like has been not, you know, not said. And, uh, that needs to be said. I want to just give you the floor. So you go ahead. Yeah. I would say my closing message is that 
I want more for each of the listeners. You are worth it. And transformative change is possible. And it Mm. starts with you loving yourself and investing in yourself and Mm -hmm. doing some inner work. Mm -hmm. And I do think that meditation and mindfulness practices and somatic healing Mm -hmm. is crucial and Mm -hmm. it's, it's possible. I I think if you had a magic wand, what you want your life to work, to look like, and I believe that that's possible. And if you don't think it's possible, it won't happen. So uh, I want to support people in becoming their best selves along with you. My website is joysmarter.com. My book is The Financial Mindset Fix, A Mental Fitness Program for an Abundant Life. It's on Amazon. It's in Barnes and Noble, Target, Walmart, Indie Books, you name it. And it's on uh, Kindle and Audible as well. I love that. Go and get yourself a copy of The Financial Mindset Fix. And by Joyce Joyce Martyr, go find her on her website. Joyce, thank you so much for being here. I love you. I adore you. I hope this is not, it's the first time, but I hope not the last time that you're going to come talk to us because I just love talking to you. I love talking to you too. Good. You're coming back. We're just- I love it. Done. Okay. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Caring is sharing. Make sure that you share uh, Embodied Millions with all of your friends and family because we all- like Joyce said, I believe it's not only possible, but it is inevitable that if you do the inner work, you will embody millions and more. Okay. Love to everybody. Bye for now.